Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Another milestone episode means another whatcha as your hosts break down what they've been getting down with on Normies Like Us. When anyone is lying, 100% of the time. Just if someone is intentionally lying, that's it. We're not sacrificing anyone. Not now, not ever. I know I say this a lot about Donnie, but demon possession. you heard it up top we are back we did another 10 episodes and that means we're gonna do another whatcha where we talk about the stuff that we've been watching playing reading whatever here on normies like us with your host this is colin just regular mike this is jacob wow what up boys What up, Normies? Yeah. Happy what you? Hey, yo, bad boys. Hey, yo, bad boys. A classic. <laughs> a classic. classic. Normies like us phrase. Um, but yeah, we're here at 231. Normally we do it on the 10s, but we did Black Panther Wakanda Forever first. And then now we're uh, going to be doing uh, Watches Forever. So, um, yeah, just to recap, some of the stuff that maybe didn't you know, require an entire episode or some stuff that we didn't all watch together, but things we want to maybe recommend or that we've been getting down with. So, uh, be sure to hit us up, tweet us, write comments in the YouTube videos of uh, what you've been getting down with and anything we should take a look at potentially uh, ourselves. So, yeah. We love that. But right now, let's just kind of dive in and let me just say to you guys, whatcha, whatcha. Well, whatcha, 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 whatcha. Well, there's one thing that, uh, you know, I think everybody watches called the Superb Owl. You know, there's a big a Rihanna concert going on yeah, yesterday. Happy Superb uh, Owl to you. Did you all watch that? And how, how did you think of that? I guess before we dive, dive deep into the whatchies. I'll let Colin yeah. go first. I, I did watch that, Mike, and I guess I'll also say Happy Valentine's Day because this is maybe our Valentine's Day episode. So yeah. let's get all the holidays. This is our Valentine's Day. Yeah, Happy yeah. Valentine's Day. Uh, happy Sunday Superb Owl. Happy, uh-huh. of course, it is and happy Valentine's and I, Single I, Awareness Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. If you're <laughs> sad, please don't say that or celebrate that. Um, no, but yeah, I'll say, I thought it, I thought it sucked. I thought the game sucked. I thought wow. Rihanna sucked. Really? I, I kind of thought the commercial wow. sucked. And the trailer that everybody's kind of excited about is a movie that. I think morally sucks. So that's kind of where Got I'm it. at. But how, how about you, Jacob? Hot takes, hot takes. <laughs> um, I haven't heard anyone say it sucked because I thought it was like one of the best Super Bowls in years. I mean, 35 38 was the final score. That's a, a high scoring, that was close the game. Score. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> close. Well, we were talking about the script. So, you know, Mike, I was watching with Mike at a friend's house. He was a uh, Kansas City Chiefs fan. So uh, he was very happy. But, uh, we had a little party. We got some, uh, you know, chicken wings and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I thought it was a good game. You know, it was back and forth. Two great offenses. Probably the two best teams in the NFL made it. So, you know, I was happy. I thought Rihanna, I thought she was fine. Like, it wasn't an amazing show. I don't think it was terrible. It was just kind of, I don't want to say mid, but maybe a little above mid. For me. That's the word that I use off pod when I, we were getting ready to record. I was like, yeah, it was kind of a yeah. good show, but it did have the Smash Brothers stage. Yeah, which she was, was cool. hanging out on a, on a Smash Brothers arena. Um, Final Destination, no items, yeah. Yeah. Master Hand was coming out. That's what was messing with her uh, <laughs> suspension the whole time. She couldn't, yeah. Colin, you yeah. thought the game was bad. That's surprising to me because I thought it had a lot of, there was a lot of back and forth, you know, 
slugfest. Yeah, it was a slug. Like, it was just an offense-heavy slugfest. No defense played. I don't there know. There was some defense. I mean, there was turn. There was a fumble for a touchdown, right? Yeah, it was yeah. like one punt, I think. Right. I think the Eagles maybe punted twice. Yeah, it was. Pretty, I mean, but that's what people want to see. They want to see people want to see the offense. Scoring off slugfest. Yeah. want to see they a low-scoring. Yeah, like I've seen three. some bad Super Bowls. You know, they're like seven thirteen or something like that. Yeah. Like that's a bad Super Bowl to me. Yeah, so I yeah it was competitive. I, I kind of wanted the Eagles, but really I didn't have a dog in the race, and it was high scoring. Um, couple bad Tell calls, but overall a good good game, I think. Yeah, I'm just happy the Bengals didn't make it. Oh Ooh. no, You're a hater. Uh, some holding yeah, calls, some questionable holding calls, some questionable holding Listen. calls when the Bengals played in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm bitter. Maybe the I'm refs, bitter. People love that to complain about it. the refs. My take, and this was what I was saying yesterday, I don't think refs are biased for one team or another. I think they're just incompetent and they're just bad at their job a lot oh, of times. Okay. So things get missed. But I don't think they're favoring one team or the other. But they do have the power to kind of influence a game where, you know, really swing the momentum of things. The blind yeah, not, justice of idiocy. Okay. Yeah. It's not malicious yeah. intent. It's pure, utter incompetence. Correct. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, but at least we're never, competent never enough to, to, you know, handle this show. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Isn't there a quote like never attribute to malice what you can attribute to incompetence? I love yeah. like that. There is. Yeah. yeah, well now there is. Jacob Jacob Evil. That's right. Twenty twenty three. Michael Scott. Albert Einstein. Jacob Evil. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. Great. <laughs> All right. Well let's let's dive in proper then to the watch you after the big game. We'll come in right after this with a proper episode for you listeners. Coming up. We're back here on Normies Like Us, uh, talking to Whatcha. We're going to be talking again, the stuff that we're kind of consuming, but uh, we'll kick it off here, I think, with something we're all watching. One of the rare things where each Normie is kind of paying attention to this, and maybe kind of the only must-see TV that's currently on. Let's go back to something we've only done a TV, uh, an episode <laughs> on. I'm shaking my head because Jacob disagrees. <laughs> Yeah, um, that's why I'm laughing. Not the only uh, I, I'm excited to hear you yeah, say yeah. something else. But um, let's go back to the Last of Us. Yeah, yeah, Last of Us. We're on. Uh, we just had episode five finish up. Um, right. I'm not sure how many episodes are going to be in the season, but that came out Friday. Because I think of the we're Super halfway. Bowl. I think we're getting it's nine episodes, maybe ten, oh, maybe nine. Okay. Um, yeah, so. Obviously, episode three was the big standout uh, so far. I think kind of the. Uh, self-contained episode that didn't really well it featured joel and ellie a little bit in the beginning but it was sort of a story of some other people but it, it just a really well told uh you know side story of this world i guess yeah and everybody had been raving about that episode i think uh episode four you know obviously a little bit of a downer compared to the third episode which is funny because the main characters were in it the whole time that just shows how strong you know that side story was but then i think episode five was really good too again the show has been consistently excellent so uh i'm still it's slowing down a little bit but i'm still pretty happy for well, let me what we're getting let me check in with my two video game boys here who have played it how is it holding up adaptation wise it's i mean it's pretty close i mean some things are taken straight out of the game even you know down to some lines and some whole conversations some things are changed a little bit, and then some things are kind of expanded upon. So, like episode three, there's the character of Bill, uh, but we don't see, uh, you know, his 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 lover uh, or whoever I forget his name. But um, Frank, 
Frank, yes. Correct. Frank is already like out of the picture by the time they meet Bill in the game, and you kind of find out through context clues what happened. Uh, they, they have a happier ending in the show, ironically. And uh, mm-hmm. so that's one big change. And then in the last episode, so we meet the characters of Henry and Sam, right? They're in the game, but the whole circumstances surrounding them is a little bit different. Like, they meet them in Pittsburgh in the game, I think, instead of yeah. Kansas City. And uh, also, Sam is not deaf in the game. So, that's a... Ah. And yeah, that's that's wild. Cool. And the actor is deaf and all the crew was learning to sign so they could talk to the kid. It was like, it was a really cool behind the scenes with it too. So, I think that's a Mm -hmm. cool change. Then it adds kind of depth to Henry and Sam's relationship with the protector. And in a world where sound is dangerous, this kid, you know, can't hear. It's an interesting kind of way to contextualize survival, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Good change. Obviously, a very sad ending there if you haven't seen Mm -hmm. that. Uh, but then Kathleen, let's say she doesn't exist in the game at all. Is kind of the leader of the resistance yes. force. Yeah, the so Melanie Lisnicki character. Melanie yeah, Lisnicki. That's the whole uh, the whole Kansas City, you know, uh, revolution or whatever. That's all added for the show. Which ah. you know, I told you guys my hot take about. It. I thought mm-hmm. last episode was good, but my take is that you know Melanie Linsky, she did nothing wrong. Okay, she was just written by a <laughs> Gen X centrist, you know, live. Okay. <laughs> you, well, you, you said something off podcast that I'm not aware of because I did not watch Chernobyl, but you sort of called out Craig Mazin for having these sort of bad oh. guys on both side politics. And Jacob, I think that's worth saying because it, it, that mm. is a thing to alarm people like me about if it's a recurring theme that he's using. I, I don't know. I think he has a very, like I said, Gen X uh, centrist kind of take where he's a, he's sort of a center left liberal, but he kind of does the both sides ism. So, so, you know, the Aaron Sorkin thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like with this Kansas city thing. So basically we find out the KC Fedra was like the worst, like they just turned into this fascist regime where they were like murdering and, and raping and, you know, torturing people and and just doing like really monstrous stuff. Then we have these revolutionaries that take over the city, uh, but they also do bad things, right? So the kind of the theme of it is that, well, revolutionaries can be just as bad as the oppressive regimes that they overthrow. Um, I would argue... It's a little animal farm. You you become that which you, you know, try to destroy. But what did she really do that was bad? She executed collaborators? I mean... It's a harsh world out there, baby. We got, you know, fun guy <laughs> zombies running around. Yeah. Sometimes you got to execute the collaborators. I mean, the most dangerous... Uh, with the I, yeah, the, the most dangerous... Collaborators. I, I mean, in The Walking Dead, it's always... The most dangerous thing isn't the monsters, it's the people who could betray right. you. So, you know, you got to take no chances. It's a harsh world. I don't know where I land. I don't I don't think it's crazy. Morally gray, just, gray yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just yeah. think that it's sort of written as a bad guy and saying like, oh, this person is bad. Obviously, she has she's obsessed with this vendetta that she has against Henry for turning in her brother, who is the leader of the resistance movement. And even Henry admits like, yeah, I collaborated with these fascists, but I had to, because I was trying to get this medicine for my brother. So then you weigh, well, is is one little kid more important than the leader of a a resistance movement? And that's where you get into the, well, that ties into Joel's entire thing. Is Ellie worth more than everything? You know, it's, so it's a microcast. That might be tied up. By the end of the show, so so who knows? Yeah, but yeah, well, I see what you're saying. Be a little harder on the uh, the fascists, please. I, I just don't I, like the centrist, you know. That's fine. Spineless. I see it as the, the cycle of abuse. She lost someone and wants to yeah, get someone. Gotta, like they were abused. It's it's the cycle of trauma that's happening. I, but anyway, okay. Can I say real quick the the strength I think this show has. 
has over The Walking Dead is these mm-hmm. time jumps, which uh, not the first time we've talked about time jumps on this podcast. Mm-hmm. It was something we kind of had to get used to with uh, Game of Dragons, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> in this new HBO prestige show, it's interesting they're also using them. And to have the entire third episode jumping around in time, you're getting this expanded love story Jacob sort of talked about that really mm-hmm. fleshes out a story. But like... What it actually kind of accomplishes in The Last of Us, which I think is really interesting opposed to uh, Game of Dragons, is Mm -hmm. that um, you're seeing them live through trauma is the main thing. And that you understand why these people are who they are in both circumstances, who they were beforehand and who they were afterwards. And again, the third episode does that really well by telling one sort of couple's story a long time. But we've sort of also need to kind of acknowledge that, like, the interesting thing about that is to jump from the idyllic paradise that's almost selfish that Bill and Frank have that, yes, Mm -hmm. other people did try to take from them, but that they have versus 20 years under what are essentially warlords. I mean, parts of the government have transformed into fiefdoms. I mean, it, it becomes sort of like many states of control where she says we lived through 20 years of rape and murder i mean we became you you can't come out clean from that right the the voice says at one point yeah um exactly well to say that you know revolutions of this kind never have violence or any kind of bad side effects of course you know we don't know what these collaborators did they're probably directly responsible for people's imprisonment and death right Uh, same way Henry was directly responsible uh, for something right yeah yes and it's a lesson Joel learns he is disgusted by a collaborator at the start and at the end he's asking the kid to come with them essentially it's like ah you still can't even you know did Henry do the right thing it's kind of again morally gray but uh, yeah I don't know it's just a depressing show it's like every it is every situation they run into is more sad that sadder than the next one um it's, but it's never going to take the happy theme. route out. Yes, you're right. No, it's a very dark show, but it's reinforcing the theme that Joel has and the arc that Joel has of, in the beginning, we see him lose his daughter. Then he's mm-hmm. charged with taking care of this girl, and he doesn't want to get attached at first because he's like, if I get attached, I'll just get hurt again, blah, blah, blah. Over time, he grows to, you know, kind of become a father figure to her. But it's something that he has to do gradually. And so that's what I like about the third episode. People say like, oh, it had nothing to do with the main story. That's not true. It's reinforcing that theme of find someone you care about enough to protect. And that's like your life mission. And even seeing who world. Yeah. Joel is in those scenes that he shares with Bill, Nick Offerman's character. He's so different than the one we know now. Even Again, it's so much yeah. about time. And can I just say one last thing? Yes. Because we've we've said so much about the... 9-11, the post-9-11 world of it all that this show distinctly seems to capture. And that's a, mm-hmm. like the other element that just truly tickles my heart of like 2002 and 2003 were like when I was forming my like most core memories. And this show, like again, the, the things and themes it's hitting, like mm-hmm. in 1998, like the Protection of Marriage Act was passed by a bunch of Republicans that, like, reinforced that gay people couldn't get married. So, like, right, right. the world Bill and Frank are, like, creating for themselves is, like, truly finding, like, kindness and happiness themselves. And, like, yeah. mm-hmm. other minor things that, like, when Ellie's, like, you went up in one of those planes, what was that like? Like, 
when Joel says it was annoying, he's talking about 9-11 just happened. Like right. the 2001 of it all. measures at the airport. Yeah. If, if he, Jacob, if he even got to fly again after that. And yeah. then you have a character like Bill where people go like, this isn't realistic. This isn't right at all. And I want to remind everyone, a distinct thing that happened to us, people our age group, two events that I will say created people like Bill. Mm-hmm. Y2K not happening, which mm. blew people's mind to be like, shit, why did I buy all this stuff? Well, I guess I look like a fool. Right. To a couple years later, 9-11, making people go, no, the government's an inside job. It is smart that I had all this stuff. You're right. Popularized doomsday prep culture oh, yeah. in a way that hadn't been mainstream since the Cold War of the 80s. Yeah. And to think kind of that mass- any of these uh, – you know, doomsday prepper libertarian types wouldn't be closeted homosexuals that repressed their feelings for 40 years. That's not hard to believe at all. And no, but (laughs) Jacob, like the minor details that they've woven in that, like it's his mom's house. You get the idea that like, maybe he was this closeted guy who like took care of his mom his whole life, Jacob, and played this fucking piano and like, doesn't want to hear this song because maybe it has difficult memories attached to him. And again, the whole theme of the fucking episode is that, like, all your difficult memories, you can turn into beautiful ones if you have someone to spend your life with. Like, I've watched yeah. it so many it's times. like the most so hopeful Essentially, we're going to get, I think. Beautiful. The world had it's to beautiful. end like, mm-hmm. for him to truly live. Oh, oh my god oh, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. my god oh, jacob that's it um, we it's can't beautiful. <laughs> yeah. it's beautiful incredible and, find someone to yeah. love in the end of the world yeah <laughs> just twist on zombie stuff too i'll just say real quick the end of the fifth episode i thought ellie was saving that kid with her blood and i was like this is a crazy twist i've never seen before in a zombie thing this is yeah. awesome and then, Jacob, I mean, it always just takes the most depressing gut punch. Yeah, no, so for me, it's like, like oh. it was a crazy reveal. I mean, I, it, their end is exactly the same in the game. But oh. yeah. to do that and then it's it's almost like it's like they a, made me a think they might not. thing that like, oh, this could work. But she kind of knows that like he's going to turn. But him uh, asking questions like, do you think I'll still be the same? Like, do you think I'll be oh, inside yeah. and stuff? Oh, it's dark. just like... <laughs> Yeah. Like, I can't even, you can't be thinking about this stuff and you're a kid. I certainly can't be thinking about this stuff. And then to think stuff. about Henry saved, Henry turned in the leader of the resistance to save his brother, who then died anyway because of the circumstances of getting chased out of town, getting attacked by the mob of zombies. Mm-hmm. So it was all for fucking nothing. Let's Melanie Winsky character died. Mm-hmm. A bunch of the resistance people died. For nothing. Henry and Sam died, and no one learned a lesson. Yeah. Yeah. And Ellie and Joel just have to walk away and just be like, well, on to the next stage. And even Ellie's got to be like, come on, let's go, Joel. Like, Joel's being reflective now, too. Like, he's, you know, he's seen a lot, but that's still traumatic for him. But even like Ellie's the one who kind of has to, at the end of the episode, hey, we got to keep moving, man. Yeah. She's kind of getting hardened by your experiences and being like, what's it even fucking matter anymore? Yeah. yeah, it's a dark show, man. That's sad. It's what a great, what a great show. <laughs> I started yeah. recommending it to people who don't play video games because yeah. I, I just think it's so good. Oh yeah, I don't yep. think you need to play, you know, even be play video games at all to just enjoy the story. I mean, it's like the walking, it's like Prestige Walking Dead, right? That's essentially what it is. Yeah, it's great. And then yeah, so Valentine's Day, pop on episode three, get a bottle of wine, you know, with your loved one. A Boujolet. 
to yeah. pair with some rabbit, Mike? Oh Absolutely. my god! Yes, some strawberries. You, you, you don't seem like the type, Mike. Mm. Yes, no, you do. I could be now, and I'll play piano. <laughs> Who's Great. the girl? There was no girl. There was I no know. girl. That's just uh, yeah. That's good, right? Beautiful. Uh, All right. That's The Last of Us. We love it. Anyways. We hope you love it. <laughs> yeah. We'll do more on it uh, once it wraps up the end of the season, I'm sure. Um, well, yeah. we're Jacob. sticking with TV for a minute. TV, you let's know, go. You said this is must-watch TV. I would say another show that I'm about to talk about, it's must-watch TV, I think, for me anyways. Um, but I'm talking about Poker Face. The mm. Ryan Johnson show, Natasha Leone. It's on Peacock. Uh have you guys checked this out at all? Incredibly enjoyable. I don't think must see TV, but yes, I. Well, maybe not must see, but it depends on how much you like Ryan Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I'm going to tell you why I like the show. And I haven't seen yeah. it yet, to be fair. Yeah. But I, so I, I don't forgot my Peacock login. <laughs> but I will. Yeah. Um, so it, this is this show is it's a like I said Ryan Johnson and other people write some of the episodes. He doesn't directly mm-hmm. I think write each episode, but get a lot of guest uh, directors and stuff in there. Um, it's a procedural kind of case of the week episode, but it's, it's a, uh, it's not a whodunit. It's a how catch them. Right. Colin. Uh, so like, I say that is what they say. I say, how do it, how do it. (laughs) So basically each episode starts with the murder, right? There's some kind of crazy murder scenario. And then Natasha Lyonne, the main character has to figure out how it was done and you know to make a case for the you know why the guilty person did it essentially so she plays a character named charlie kale i think uh who her thing is that she is like a human lie detector she can always Mm. tell when someone's lying intentionally uh but she can't always figure out why they're lying or you know what the truth was so that's kind of what where the mystery comes in right Um, but it's, it's a lot like columbo if you've ever seen columbo he always they always know the murder beforehand, he's got to figure out how it was done. That's why it's called a how catch up. Uh, mm. but what I like about it, it's a throwback to the age of TV when we had these episode of the week type stories. I mean, they still do, you know, they have law and order CSI, those kind of things, but this is more like quantum leap or incredible Hulk where you just, you know, it's you go from situation to situation. Each one is a stealth contained story within an hour Mm-hmm. Uh, Natasha Leone's the only kind of reoccurring character. She's the Columbo of the show. She's kind of on. There's an overarching story where she's on the run for the from these uh, casino people, blah blah blah. But she's just traveling around, living out of her car, and she just solves murders essentially. Okay, and it's like she has to work jobs, Mike, where you can't have any ID or paper trail. So she's very often, you know. An usher at a theater, you know, working in a cafeteria, a restaurant, a bar. Yeah. She's living okay. off the grid because yeah. if there's any mention of her on the grid, they'll find her in like four hours because they're just – she's she shot some shit that you shouldn't have seen. Yeah. Right. Uh, I've seen the people are after. Uh, yeah. I, I like the concept and I like, you know, I, I enjoyed Glass Onion. You know, we, we talked about that briefly a while ago. So, it's yeah. like a show that's kind of got that vibe of Ryan Johnson's mystery sensibilities. I like the totally. idea of that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. This could even be, you know, the same, like, I would love to see a crossover of Benoit Blanc and Charlie. Oh, Hale. wow. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's kind of set in the same universe almost where she's just it's kind of weird. She's like cursed because these weird murders seem to just be following her around. Uh, How she's tied to each episode is always a goddamn delight. Yes. Yes. 
it's always like like each episode is like a, just a really well written short film that's like an hour long because each one has a totally different cast of guest stars and they get some some big names for some of these episodes uh, and it's just kind of allowed these different stars that wouldn't normally be doing TV just to do an episode and play this weird character. Uh, it's a lot of fun and it's 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 really well written. I think it's actually I think I like it better than Glass Onion. Can I stop you right there, Jacob? So here's the kind of the only thing I want to say about the entire show, the sort of Ryan Johnson verse that's popping up and sort of propagating now that he's gotten to become Mm -hmm. sort of this auteur figure where it's like, yeah, I can put my name on stuff and it gets made and it's kind of similar. Yeah. Um, I think this show in the line of Glass Onion and and, uh, Knives Out cements that Ryan Johnson is a better writer than Quentin Tarantino and Christopher Nolan, who are two mm. quote unquote writer or tours who, who make their own stuff sure. because he is able to make stuff in the modern world and use stuff that includes cell phones, which confounds these old men who literally yeah. say, I can't write modern plots. Like what will I do if like somebody can Google something like that's over for me. Batista gets a Google alert in Glass Onion. That is a plot point Mm -hmm. for the film. He literally leans into it. And in the second episode that he writes of of Poker Face, a young man is a subway artist, Mike. He's a veteran from the military. This has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with, like, the plot. This is just character stuff. And he likes to make TikTok videos of himself giving motivational speeches and making subway sandwiches. That is... That that I would never think right. to write that because I'm just not smart enough to realize what current culture is. And I think a good writer dictates what the culture is, sure. But a great writer can stay on top of the pulse of culture, write with it while dictating where it goes. And I think that's where he separates himself. But please rebuttal away. Hmm. No, no, no rebuttal really. But I, <laughs> uh, he's almost too obsessed with like current. He, you current call him the most climate. online. Yes. Like he's what I would call director. too online yes. where he's on Twitter all day. He knows all about these different Twitter discourses that just it's it's an interesting but it's almost like that's his Charlie Kale ability, Jacob, that he can like yeah. see through what people are using to communicate I mean, in certain ways. Mm. Glass Onion is essentially a movie about how he thinks Elon Musk is an idiot, which is very like, funny. Needs uh, to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he is very he he understands the world we're living in today. And Natasha Lone Leon, I think, is a delight in this show. You know, this was handwritten for her. Like, this show wouldn't have been made if she wasn't interested, is what he said, essentially. Um, it's interesting that they say that, but Maya Rudolph is a producer on the show. Mm. I almost wonder. Maybe she just liked the idea. And I don't know. I don't know, I but... Don't know. Uh, or has an overall deal with Peacock, quote-unquote, which is, would you say, the barrier of entry, Jacob, to this show, watching it on Peacock? It'd be, yeah, if you don't have Peacock. But, you know what? There's a lot of good stuff on Peacock. I use my sister's account, and... Uh, there's some good stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Tar. You can watch the movie Tar. Uh, oh, that's right. Mm, but I what know. I, you know, Natasha Leone, she's driving around in the car, she's living, living off the grid. So that gives her a reason not to use social media and cell phones. Yes. That kind of thing. She, she couldn't or she'll get caught. So you kind of see the sort of the seedy underside of, of America where she's, you know, stopping in these like small towns. Uh, and you just see mm-hmm. a different side of America. And I think it's really well written. This could go on ten seasons, like like Columbo or Murder She Wrote or something. Right? And, yeah, uh, <clears throat> it's just like a lot that. of fun. Yeah. 
No, you guys so are selling me on it. You like Quantum Leap? I know you're a big Quantum Leap fan. I Mike. love Quantum Leap. Scott, I know there's Bakula. a new Quantum Leap, but uh, not as big that, a fan. You know, that, that's it's more better. like 24. Yeah, they got five guys um, in a chair, and he's always, "What do I do?" You know, oh, let me look it up. Well, you know? that's back to Jacob's other love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let me yeah. do a quick one because I'm going to segue to Mike here. Oh, okay. Um, I have so since watching that Last of Us episode, I've kind of become obsessed with 50 year old Australian actor Murray Bartlett, who plays Frank in that episode. I don't know oh, why, yeah. but I cannot stop Twilight. watching content with him. He's in one. I did this first season of White Lotus, which got him the Emmy, which seems to have kicked off his prestige TV cameo career, Jacob, which God yeah. bless him. Um, and since then, I've done that Chippendale show. I do not mm. recommend it. I think it's pretty bad. Now, kind of my last pick that I could do is this show Looking, which was this big HBO prestige show that is about um, young gay men sort of like figuring out their way in the world. Yeah. Uh, where also he plays the co-lead. Murray Bartlett plays the quote-unquote older gay man at like 35 at that point, so good mm. for him being younger. Also, he dates Scott Bakula, your guys' Captain oh. Archer. Is that what oh, he is, and right? Quantum or, Leap. And he's like, and back to Quantum Leap. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but he's sort of like the older gay guy. But the mm-hmm. young gay lead is Jonathan Groff, Mike, who of course is the current lead in M. Night Shyamalan's Knock at the Cabin. Right, right. Yeah. That was um, uh, a good segue because I did watch yeah, that. The, <laughs> kind of the joke about Murray Bartlett is that he, he gets on all these shows just to play a different kind of gay guy each time. He's <laughs> a very different character in White Lotus than he is in Last of Us. But well, and then gay. in Chippendale, he plays a guy who was in a straight relationship until realizing he was gay. And I was telling my dad about it. And he was like, what character does he play in it? I said, well, would you guess he's a gay guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he's great in White Lotus season one. Yeah. He's really the standout of that season. <laughs> he's amazing. Uh, if you haven't checked out White Lotus, I think it's a pretty good show. It's not like, I don't think it's like as good as like Succession, another show I really like. But, you know, it was written by Mike White, uh, you know, Mike School White of Rock, Ned Schneebly, mm-hmm. uh, did some other stuff, you know. Yeah, it's a good show. Mary Bartlett's great. And I haven't checked out Looking, but uh, yeah. All right. Check it out. But yeah, to get to the, the knock at the cabin after all those connections, that was brilliant, Colin. We got the six degrees of separation right. to, uh, That's right. you know. <laughs> The Last of Us. But uh, Knock at the Cabin, I did watch it. It was just kind of an impulse. I hadn't even seen a full trailer. I just like to see Batista doing more acting. Uh, so This is great. Yeah, so I went I went in blind. I hadn't heard of the short story or the, or the book or anything. I just went in you blind. You your tiniest Shyamalan. pair of glasses. You went and saw his Got my glasses. smallest glasses. Well, that's my biggest <laughs> criticism, really, is they put normal-sized glasses on them. The, the movie would have been a 10 out of 10 if the glasses were like 30 percent the size that they are uh, but that is Blade aside, Runner 2049 glasses where those the are the only ones he's allowed to have yeah. <laughs> yeah well that's what got him the role M. Night saw Blade Runner he didn't even know about wrestling but he's like that's the guy who can be in my movie I need a big guy who can act you know like so there you go yeah, I think uh Batista's career if you compare him to other wrestler turned actors He's my favorite wrestler turned actor. And I think he's, mm-hmm. not even a he's going out of his way to do different roles, not try to do only action movies or only play himself like The Rock or something in every mm-hmm. movie. But he's trying different things. He wants to be known as like a real actor. And he's like, I'd love to do rom-coms. Like if someone made a rom-com for me, like, oh, I guess I'm not John Cena's I'm done good looking enough. To okay. Do yeah. Name an actress you would put in a Batista rom-com with him. 
Huh. I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. I, like, how tar. old is it? It's Lydia Tar and Batista. <laughs> that's, Character that's Lydia Tar, who is a lesbian. Um, yes. <laughs> what a rom-com. It's, somebody needs a, a wedding date plot, and they have to pretend. Jacob. That's of course, the plot. Of course. Yeah. yeah, the facade. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, love Batista. Yeah, it's, he's Big great, fan. but I can't really spoil anything because it's a Shyamalan movie. I, I don't think it's the highest highs. I think it's fine. Um, I think Batista really carries the movie on his back i mean i was better than old that's really i I didn't see old so i can't say but i would i would venture to guess yes (laughs) mike i will say i saw this as well oh maybe on the high seas wink wink yeah yeah um and took a boat trip to see a boat that's cool and uh enjoyed it very much i gotta say i thought it was a very nice return to form for m night and jacob i will say it was better than old Oh, there we go. Interesting. Cinematography is great, too. Better than that. (laughs) Uh, And you got Rupert Grin in there, right? Ron. Yeah. Doing an American accent. Doing a Boston accent. Yeah, yeah. Oh, give me a beer. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's definitely enjoyable. I just don't think it has a ton of rewatch value. Like, once you've seen it once, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like the Sixth Sense where you can go back and be like, ooh. Is now, would, Knight, would you believe that M. it does? And would you believe M. Night <laughs> that he is does? <laughs> yeah. I, I would believe that, yeah. <laughs> well, seeing is believing. Right. So go check it out if you want. Here's, here's what I want to say. Mm-hmm. The man has been self-financing his film since his quote-unquote comeback, which was The Visit, where he literally put oh, yeah. a lien or refinanced on his mansion in Philadelphia, his home of Philly, where he, of course, shoots everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to put up as collateral against the studio paying for like the other 50%. So he's gotten away with kind of like making small movies that don't have to have huge return because it's kind of mostly going to him. And Mm. he's kind of gotten a little more buzz of people being like, yes, he's kind of back glass. mm, Well, he's had some shakes since then, but just real quick, Jacob, these last two, um, this one and old uh, were part of a two picture deal with universal that is now done. And I'm very curious what hmm. the future holds for our man M night. So he's, he's had a very interesting career where he kind very. of started here. Went down Spielberg to the valley of his day. Truly, people yeah. said yeah. you are the new Spielberg. And he was like, oh, if, I'm the wonder kid for a while. If you looked at his movies chronologically, each one had like a worse rating. So it was like, you know, six cents si- or signs. I forget. Six cents signs, untouchable, the, yeah, uh, unbreakable. <laughs> pretty good. Uh, then you had, I, uh, I love all the lady in the water. Then yeah. you had the, the dip where it was like the happening, the village, Avatar, the last, I mean, here's the, the thing, Jacob. Yeah. Do people even After remember Earth. Avatar, the last airbender? Is I, it yes. almost getting lucky that the James Cameron films exist that the SEO, avatar movie live action is like being wiped away basically people still really like that show too the fans of the show will never forget but it is falling out of the search history but after earth starring will and jaden oh my god after that was the break before the visit i mean that was the end where it was like am i done forever i think it was happening Avatar and After Earth, like back to back to back. It was like, the village oh, this guy's poor done. too. Yeah. But what, what you guys have like to remember, down. again, yeah. I just said it, Wonder Kid. So yeah. he was, he at 25, he was making his first movies. Guys, he's only 50 now. Like he has a life to have a career. And I just, yeah, so I really wonder what it'll back. be. Uh, I didn't is think this old was great. Back? 
I thought Old was kind of a fun watch, uh, and he's doing some interesting. Like he still has interesting, like framing and cinematography. Like he he's still yeah. storyboards the shit out of his movies because that's what yes he was known for. Like having yes, these that's very what he loved. interesting visuals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's it, it, this isn't going to be spoiling the plot or anything, but you know, in, based on the trailer, a lot of this movie takes place in a cabin, and even <laughs> when actions are happening outside of the cabin the camera never goes there. Like it'll pan, yes, like you'll, yes. you'll never see, you know, you're, you're experiencing it from the perspective of the characters who are still inside. And it, it is yeah. really clever the way it's shot. And I, I think that's one of its strengths really is uh, and, some of the. And Mike, as a young man who was almost a priest, whose first film praying with anger is like a, a film about exploring religion and God and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's still yeah. tackling those mm. themes that are super interesting. To that's so. true. Oh, I didn't make that connection. Yeah, no, and it's it's an interesting exercise in that kind of thought process. So yeah, I'd say it's it's good. He's reading like beach books or like comics. That's what old was. This was called Cabin at the End of the World, uh, yep, and it yeah. just seems like he goes like, "Well, fuck the whole plot of them. I'll rewrite it completely mm-hmm. and kind of explore what I want to do." So like, if that's kind of what he does for the rest of it, puts a spin know. on stuff. I'm I'm with it. Like I would again. It's like. Last time he was on Netflix, I would watch this like instantly if it was streaming. Like I don't yes. know if it warrants the trip to the theater. I think it's very good, and I don't mean to like. Sorry, M Night. Like I could watch yeah. this at home and have enjoyed it probably more, and I would have saved some money. But I think it's a it, good well, movie. If this was the HBO streaming or whatever, it would be getting the malignant treatment. Like people would be memeing mm-hmm. certain scenes of this, being like, "Can well, you believe?" News. Yep, you can yeah. actually watch old on HBO. So if you haven't seen oh, that, well, now I can. That's a streamer right there. Yeah, dial it back. <laughs> mm, great. I don't know that you need to. I don't know that anyone needs to. It's a beach that makes you old, Colin. What's not to like? <laughs> I know. I'm on that beach right now. I'm very scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. all are. Uh, um, well, I'm well, definitely gonna check that out when it hits streaming for sure. Yeah. But, uh, well, now I don't want to think about a beach that you know makes you old. I want to think of maybe you know the times of youth, you know, when I was younger and things were easier, you know. And uh, a franchise that always does that for me is the Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, We've done episodes on them. I'm a big fan. My main recommendation, it's a little bit older show. It's the rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's the Nickelodeon reboot. It's it's on Netflix and it's on... like what Paramount, years was that maybe. Out, though? To 2018 to 2020. It's only two seasons, okay. I think. Oh. The second season got gutted. Uh, it got really... A cool art style or... Yeah. So, here's the deal. Here's the yeah. premise of this show, right? Pitch. We're all familiar with the Ninja Turtles. Leonardo leads, you know, Donatello does machines. Raphael is cool but rude. And Hold Michelangelo... <laughs> well... Is a party dude. Right? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, so that's our typical archetype. Every iteration of the Ninja Turtles has kind of been that thing. Leonardo's a leader, Raphael's grumpy, Donatello's like a nerd, and then Mikey's, you know, the party guy. In this one, they've completely flipped the dynamic of all the turtles, where Raphael is the leader, and he's very soft-spoken and, like, caring. And then Michelangelo's really uh, kind of sensitive. He's the younger brother. He's, like, still wild, but he's, like, trying to keep the family together. He's really sensitive. He's got a big heart. And then Leonardo... He doesn't take anything seriously. He's just really cocky. He's not the leader, but he just thinks he's the best, but he's constantly taking risks and like putting them in dangerous situations. And Raphael is trying to guide him to like, hey man, like let's be serious. And then Donnie's like super sarcastic and full of himself. And like he's like a super genius and he knows it. So he's really like 
confident. They changed and like, all the personalities. Yeah, wow. and like Donatello sounds it. like My- Michelangelo, and then yeah, uh, Raph sounds like the new Leonardo yeah. basically. So that's yeah, interesting. So it's wild, and they gave him different weapons, and everyone was like, "This is stupid. I want the same turtles. Different this is weapons. stupid." I, they get magic weapons, but here's the thing: <laughs> Mike, it sounds I don't know. crazy. <laughs> it sounds crazy. Trust me, it's the best it has the best art style it has the best animation it has some of the best character work and we got ben schwartz as leonardo we get sonic you know out here goofing and gaffing it's like a lot of fun and in this version they get magic weapons that give them powers so there's a little bit of superpower anime it's more anime like inspired like the action they kind of there's like a stand like magical energy and you know but it's it's really good character work and they finished it with a movie so they cut the second season and then they did a movie to wrap everything up. And uh-huh. that the Krang are in there. Uh, John Cena's a villain in the TV show. They have gay dads. It's crazy. What? It's crazy. There's two splinters. Well, We're Splinter a was a human whose DNA was made by the John Cena villain combined with the turtles. So the turtles are made with Splinter's human DNA. He was a kung fu uh-huh. martial arts actor, right? So the turtles are related to Splinter by oh. his DNA being put into turtles, and then that guy made them. So there's an Wait, arc. Is John where Cena the Shredder? He's not Shredder. He's uh, Baron Draxon. He he's basically he wears the evil armor at some point. The Shredder is the evil uh. spirit that manifests things. But there's the guy oh, making mutants, and that's John Cena. So then there's a whole arc where they're like, you know, he might have been evil, but he's kind of our dad too. And Michelangelo is trying to get the family to like accept him, and they end up with two dads at one point. It's wild. Sure. Wow. That's but that's important to me. It's extremely heartfelt. It's extremely good animation. It's different from the turtles we know, and I think that's a good thing. Look at it as a what if universe if we can handle the spider verse you can handle rise of the tmnt <laughs> and i will say please give it some love that's it so check it out a pitch <laughs> and i think they have done that where the turtles have crossed worlds but let me ask you this between mm-hmm. uh teenage mutant ninja turtles rise is that what it's called yes rise of the teenage mutant rise ninja of the teenage mutant ninja turtles mm-hmm. and um cobra kai would you say most of the content you watch and recommend for this podcast is martial arts based <laughs> I think yes. <laughs> At least okay, the things that um that I think a lot of people or are Star Trek, on. Star Trek or martial arts. <laughs> Mar- yeah, Star Trek and martial arts generally because Star Trek's what I was into as an adult, but as a youth, it was all martial arts: Power Rangers, Karate Kid, Ninja Turtles, and we're still doing it. So watch this show; it's Hell fun yeah. and it has the best fight scenes of any turtle show. It's it rivals like. Kill a kill. It rivals like Naruto. It has sick fights. Oh my I'm God. not kidding. It's very good. <laughs> anyway, that's my rant. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> before we wrap up the yes, what that's pretty much all I section got. of this, um, I just want to ask you, so we mentioned the Super Bowl. There were some trailers and things that came out yeah, for call. the Super Bowl. Did you guys check any of these out? We had the Flash trailer. We had Guardians yeah. 3. Fast I, X. Jacob, I assume... Hmm. <laughs> I don't I know, know if... About Fast X. <laughs> no, I truly have stories in that my father is currently watching all the Fast and the Furious movies and oh text me things like, who is this character? I'll be like, you're not watching them in the right order. <laughs> um, Jacob. Yeah. I assume at some point when we covered the flash, we will save all the, what is going on in the DC universe, James mm. Gunn talk, or like now is that a good idea? Or like, it's, I, I feel like it's just, it's too, it's way too much. That's wild. Yeah. 
Yeah. And well, they have the next several several years planned out, and he's announced like a bunch yes. of projects projects that. Yeah. Definitely sounds interesting to me. When does the Flash movie come out? Maybe we should March. talk about that. Uh, or no, March. I'm sorry, April. Maybe April. That's probably a good time to kind of go over the rest of the plans and we'll kind of see a trajectory at that point yeah. but it, James Gunn could be dead by that point Mike we have no idea we have, but, well anything could happen we could have in this trailer of course fungus we zombies had, yeah. we saw Batfleck we saw Michael I, Pete Bat, Bat. Oh. Pete Bat uh, <laughs> we saw Zod we saw um, Supergirl Supergirl two flashes two yeah. flashes all I'm going to say is uh, the show did this whole you know, did all this already. So we already had, so the whole, obviously this is the flash's backstory. Like the reverse flash, like killed his mom back in time. But I know all that because I watched the show already, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm holding, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see how it turns out. I'm not going to say it's going to be bad, but I don't know. I don't know. Looks interesting. It looks interesting as far as a DC thing. I never watched Batman, Superman or any of those. So I watched That's the right. Snyder cut and that was it. So I don't know. I'm, that's not God's gift to cinema, the Santa it's, Cut, by the way. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, they're you. doing Flashpoint Paradox. Well, hold on real quick. Flash hold on biggest, real quick. Yeah. Now, right. Mike, who on this podcast is like, I don't know any comic books. You gave your history. You know, Carnage. Two you comic know, like, books only. Like that. <laughs> and one Sonic. Do you, know, <laughs> do you know what the Flashpoint Paradox is? I do not know the arc. I think I could, okay. through cultural osmosis, suss out it has something to do with timelines and time travel. But well, well the really idea is but, that... But just to say, to, to set up what Jacob's about to tell you, yeah. basically, the Flash as a character has existed since, like, the 1950s when, like, Carmine and Fatino was like, he a run a fast! Uh, and they're like, oh, the he Flash, had their little boots. crazy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Like, a little winged hat and all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah. <laughs> and, but, Jacob... There, all this history has changed. All the Speed Force and stuff, that's 70s, that's 80s. There's so much history and stuff with the Flash. Then in 2008, there was one storyline called Flashpoint. And since then, everything Flash has been like, what if we do Flashpoint? Now, Jacob, yeah. tell us what <laughs> Flashpoint is. Okay. Well, essentially, first you need to know that the Flash can run so fast that he can actually run through time. He can run mm. back in time if he wants to. There's also this concept of the Speed Force, which is that this force that he creates when he runs fast that... If you watch the show, you know, can pretty much do anything. They can just explain it as the speed force. Cool. Uh, it's a lot like the force from Star Wars, uh, uh, but it's speedy. That's um, not how speed force works. <laughs> that's not how the speed force works. The works, yeah, uh, anyway. <laughs> Flashpoint essentially, so you know that he can travel time. His mm-hmm. biggest nemesis, the reverse Flash, which is a yellow version of the Flash, essentially. Great name. <laughs> Gotta love comics. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. He's his arch nemesis. He goes back in time, kills Barry's mom, and frames his dad for her murder, putting his mm. dad in jail. The Flash's whole thing now is he's like trying to prove his dad's innocence because he knows that his dad didn't kill his mom. That's the right. thing that he's lived with for a long time. He grew up without his mom because this happened when he was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually he decides, I'm going to go back in time and save my mom. I'm and, but fix by, my mistakes. Yeah. But as you know, if you go back in time and mess with stuff, it can have weird repercussions. Mm-hmm. So essentially, he goes back, saves his mom, but then the whole world is different in all these different kinds of ways. Right. Now, what fact. what yes. that means in the comic book they're adapting, Mike? And they've pulled this trick about a thousand times now, but mm-hmm. it goes from there used to be Batman, the Flash worked with Batman. Now in this new world, it's not Bruce Wayne; 
it's Thomas Wayne. It's his dad. He's crazy. Right. He dresses up like Batman and he uses guns and he's a maniac. Oh, heck yeah. Now, what they want to do in this universe... mom Joker. Yes, which is awesome, and it's really cool. Wild. What they want to do in this universe for some reason, and this trick they keep pulling, or people want them to pull, is like, it's Batfleck, but then it's Bat Keaton. You're like... But how does me pushing my mom out of the way of a gun go like, now you're my person? Because <laughs> basically yeah. in the Flashpoint Paradox in the second yeah. universe, instead of Thomas Wayne dying, Bruce Wayne dies in yes. that pivotal event. He gets shot. So the parents both live, but they both go crazy in different ways. So the dad becomes Batman and the mom becomes Joker because she goes insane from her son dying. And it's awesome. And yeah, people wow. are obsessed with this comic for some reason, Mike. I don't understand it. The Flash has a million great comics and... Maybe the second best rogues gallery in DC after Batman. Mm-hmm. And instead, people are like, but what if he's always just running around fucking time up? And you're like, and I don't kinda, know. Yeah, that's some <laughs> of the problems the show ran okay. into yeah. where they kept doing different time stuff. And, uh, you know, the show was very hit or miss at the end. But uh, it is it is sort of a perfect movie to reset the – do a soft reboot on the whole universe, which is yeah. what they're doing with James Gunn. So, it kind of works as a transitional so movie. Um, so, I guess we'll see. But Michael yeah. Keaton in a Batman suit, that's what the people want to see. Batman, Birdman, Vulture. <laughs> Keaton. That's right. He loves flying superhero characters. Yeah. Uh, wing, he loves wing showing and... this much of his mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. Well, we'll um, see if that's any good. Yeah, I, that's, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of trailers. I mean, I'm Indiana Jones. Can we capture the magic? Where's Mutt? Damn it. Where's Mutt? Where's How Mutt? How dare you? It, there I better am? be an in-universe explanation yeah. for where your son went. Just like yeah, a voice message. Saying. Hey, I'm in Bermuda looking for the thing, Dad. Good luck. <laughs> You know, that's all we need. One line. And yeah. Don't pay Shia. Pay anybody else. I don't care. <laughs> Just take sure. what I Ezra said Miller. and put it in the movie. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, don't pay them. Pay, pay me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we had, you know, Indiana Jones. I want to talk about Fast X just for a okay. second. Did you guys catch this Fast X trailer at all? Well, hold on. Real I missed quick. it. <laughs> it was too quick. <laughs> the Super Bowl spot was a minute. Now, yes. let's say. There's a longer is, trailer that came out a few days ago. Called, this is called... What, what is this film called, Jacob? It is called Fast X, right? It's just called Fast X. I believe yeah. it might be Fast X Part 1. Oh. Um, yeah. And, oh, no. And it released a four-minute-long trailer that is just a lot of Insane. characters going like, Family. <laughs> love. <laughs> like, just like, yeah, it's, general it's like nebulous the Fast and All-Stars, because it's like it, every oh character God. in that universe, except The Rock, because he doesn't get along with Vin Diesel. Mm-hmm. You got Jason Statham coming back. Obviously, you got Han. He's alive now. You got Jason Momoa as the charismatic villain in this one. You got it John Cena coming back. to be a driver wow. from the fifth film and from the yes. botched Rio de Janeiro safe. Heights. Remember when they had the giant safe that they were towing on the Back yeah. of the car and everything. Great sequence. Turns out he was involved with that. He's got this whole blood feud against uh, Vin Diesel. What, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> it turns out he was involved with that. What? In what way? And what does it matter? What would, yeah. Jacob, well, what would any of it matter, I ask you? But he's, he looks like he's having a good time playing the villain. Yes. You got Brie Larson in there. Who knows what she's doing? You got John Cena coming back. Jason Statham, like Charlie I said. Helen Mirren. <laughs> Maybe Charlize. I don't even know if she was in the I trailer. I see it on the Wikipedia. It's, it's, she's in she, it. she had <laughs> a different haircut. Cat. You could tell in the movie. Now, no, okay. here's the thing. We we all saw the, the ninth one, right? Because we did it on this podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah. Guys, That's the one with John Cena. I have not stopped thinking about the line recently. Jacob it's not just because my dad is rewatching. It's Jacob Toretta. Jesus. With a K. Where 
the other guy is talking to Charlize in that movie before Jacob Toretto breaks her back out, where she yeah. says, what Star Wars character do you think you are? And he says, like, I'm Obi-Wan or something. She says, no, you're Yoda. And he says, because I'm so wise. And she says, because you're a puppet. <laughs> Dang, yeah, that's a good line. I still think about that line to this day. Yeah. And when you go, like, this series doesn't deserve any more thought. It does. It actually does. Because it has 10 entries in it, not including a spinoff where The Rock tried to steal it and failed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the he biggest movie franchise other than maybe Avatar that's not based on something, right? It's just something that they made a movie it's, but it's not based on sources here. It's people stealing people. cars. Yeah. Can I yeah. say something, Jacob? We said in Fast 9 that we were – in the 9 episode that we would like to see a return to the street racing form. The end of this trailer is racing. two crews coming together. I think it might be the last scene of the movie. And Jason Momoa going like, you know how we got to settle this. And it truly seems yeah. like they're going to do a st- an old school style street race. I could not be. I'm going to be there cheering. Oh, man. If we get back I want to see it. I mean, yes. the also, it's like the, you know, it's just everything you could want in a Fast and Furious movie all crammed into one movie. It's going to be. Well, insane. remember when we talked about Fast 9, we described the third act as two cars fighting a semi. They're not <laughs> driving. They're fighting it. They're fighting the big semi with two other cars. <laughs> it's wild. So, yeah, we'll see what they do this time. At this point, they already went to space. So, yeah, I'll be there. Seems like one of their cars fights a helicopter in this. It seems like Vin fights. So, that looks pretty cool. Would you believe Jason Momoa is also a really good car driver in this? (laughs) Well, you know, you can't hang with the Toretto's if you're not. If I was ambitious in my life and had made more money, I would have bought the Toretto house as a meme and lived there. And then they would have just rented it out every couple of years. They'd show up, put me in a hotel, and then I'd just have barbecues with all, all the my corona friends. corona you could drink. Uh-huh. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Well, wow. if, if that's where we're at for uh, movies, TV, watches, I, I think yeah. there's a good segue with uh, driving cars good that I want to get on the uh, video game Ooh. side of things uh, right after this. We're back. We're downloading here on Normies Like Us to a Whatcha episode, and we're going to jump now and kind of talk about Whatcha, as in what we have been playing. Yes. We just had the Fast and Furious. They're driving cars. I'm driving cars, too. Jacob's driving cars a little bit sometimes, too. I just want to briefly mention uh, that friend of the show, Adam, uh, has gotten me into Rocket League, and I play car soccer now. And, wow. You know, so I'm Rocket learning to, League. yeah, just training for my big heist. You know, if I can push that ball around with rocket jets, I'm pretty sure Toretto would let me in the crew when he needs to steal a safe or attack a helicopter with it. So that's all we're training for. But I am hooked on it and I get extremely frustrated. I, I take it too seriously, I think, but I'm absolutely addicted to the Rocket League. Uh, Jacob, maybe less, but what's your take on the Rocket League in the last yeah. couple of weeks? I've played a little Rocket League with you and Adam and, uh, you know, there's a couple new multiplayer games that I've gotten into that I'll talk about, but, uh, mm-hmm. because we've, we've played Halo so much and I'm looking for a new game that I can kind of play casually with my friends and Rocket yes. League is a really great game for that. I mean, obviously it has a really high skill ceiling if you want to play like a pro or play at an advanced level. Me, I'm not that good. I mean, I try, but 
I know I'm not going to put in the work to like get to that level. So I just <laughs> do the best I can. Uh, but it mm-hmm. is a lot of fun. It is very addicting to like, you wouldn't think, you know, basically you're like three little RC cars versus another three cars. And there's a giant ball and you're trying to hit the ball in your goal like soccer, but with cars. It and, sounds uh, simple on paper, but no, it's, it's got strategy it's, and yeah. Yeah. And because you use your boost, you can do aerials and different things. You can ride on the walls or the ceilings. Uh, it's pretty zany. It's very fast paced, a lot of fun. And, uh, like I said, very addicting. And free to play. They give you unlocks. We were playing Halo, but Halo gives you nothing. It's a drip feed of like, here's the yeah. color purple for one thing. And then six Great. months till anything. So yeah, it's been bad. So this game, yeah, you get a lot of unlocks for your car. You can customize all your stuff, you know, because it's a free to play game. So, you know, they have a battle pass, but they give you a bunch of customization options so you can make your car look cool. Like they, they give you little drip feeds of dopamine. You just unlocked a thing, you know, and it's, it's free. It's, uh, it's a wholesome. So I like it. I haven't paid any money for either of those games, but yeah, Rocket League's a new thing. We want a tournament with, uh, so there you go. I'm proud of you guys. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> That's that's my Rocket League spiel, Jacob. What uh, what have yeah. you gotten into? It also involves yeah, driving a, a vehicle in the air. Yeah. Um, well, like I said, you know, I'm looking. For, you know, Halo Infinite. We've played a lot of that over the past year, year and a half. Uh, it's a good game to play with your friends, but it's sort of a dying game. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of the people involved Sad. with the creation of that game are no longer even working at three four three. So. Knowing that it's sort of a dying game, knowing that it ha- barely has anyone playing it at this point, uh, I'm sort of consciously looking to a different game that I can kind of pivot to as my casual multiplayer game with friends. And Rocket League is one of those games. Uh, but another game which I also started playing at around the same time, uh, maybe you've heard of it, is called Fortnite. Oh my god. Uh, never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, it's this little game called Fortnite. Um, normies go back maybe a year and listen to our Fortnite episode. That was, uh, our friend Joe's choice. Uh, we did we're, do one. You're a hundred percent right. Yep, I forgot yeah. about that. Where Joe was really pushing the Fortnite. He said, it's, it's really fun. I was Game skeptical the at the time. No. Uh, but you know what? It turns out he was right. Uh, because Dang. here's the thing. Rocket league is fun for me. Not as fun. Uh, it, you know, it's not as addicting for me as maybe it is for you uh, mm-hmm. because I just want that ability to shoot someone. You know, I you like to murder people. people. Yeah. I like to you murder guys, people. You know, Mike's, you ended up on the Rogue Squadron side. You guys do do these team up like multiplayer games. games. But yeah, you kind of see running. the distinction. Yeah. So I like dumb mechanics. Like I like having yes. to learn how to move the car good. Like that's attractive to me. It. Yeah. The yeah. cars had guns Jacob, on it. So you could blow up the other cars, which you can't do. You want to shoot. Yes. But Jacob, kind of more the instant gratification, instant gratif- gratification of yeah. like a quick timed match where you're doing the objective of what you set out to do. I like that. And the, yeah. And the idea of going up against your fellow humans, you know, mano a mano or womano. Uh, I, I like with that. guns uh, and just outlasting your opponent and killing them and being the better one. It's like a direct competition with other people. Have you hit and, a Royale? Uh, I've hit a couple. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I've been playing, and it's it's fun to play with friends. So so like we've been playing with Adam Rocket League. Uh, I I play with Adam in Fortnite uh, too. He plays a little Fortnite, and the other people I've been playing with is Joe and our friend Matt. Uh, who I hear is, is a big fan of uh, Normies Like Us, if he's listening what right up, now. Up. Shout out no, to Matt. Shout out to Matt, yeah. Uh, we just played a little bit a couple days ago, and it was like, 
you know, they have like a family chat that they all kind of get on and play a little Fortnite. And uh, I got on with them over the weekend, and it was a lot of fun. Amazing. I was having a blast. Uh, basically, they're like, "Stick with us. We'll show you how we do things." We like to oh, we like to do this thing called dumping dogs, and that's when you <laughs> drop into a heavily contested area at the beginning. The other players are the dogs, and we dump them. If you know what I'm saying, <laughs> we're putting down these dogs left and right, uh, and it's it's a lot of fun, a lot of laughs to be had. You know, you putting uh, these dogs down, you dumping these dogs, dumping them. Dude. That's yep. right, that's right. We're dumping Jeez. dogs and. And like Rocket League, it's got that drip feed of unlockables. But yeah. Some here's the thing, Jacob. Yeah. I did a little bit of Overwatch. That's kind of the only bit of this world that I've dabbled in, guys. A little bit of the Evil Dead game, too, right? Where mm-hmm. it's the team collaborative, blah, blah, blah. You're paid yeah. off for playing and shit. The bit of Fortnite that I've done, Jacob, I think their battle pass system, by far the best they just have it completely figured out the rewards the yeah. the the progress you're heading towards all that good stuff mm-hmm. uh i i love that about fortnite and i wish more games and, would adapt it yeah and the whole skin system they have where yeah there's a lot of things that you can buy but also the battle pass does give you a lot of things for free uh to where you could just i mean well even if you don't buy the battle pass which is like eight it all sucks uh, yeah. You can get certain free things from the Battle Pass without ever paying anything. Or you can pay the $8, get a whole bunch of free stuff from the Battle Pass. Um, but, like, when I was playing with Joe, like, he was just going through all his different skins that he's had. Like, I don't have that many cool skins yet, but he's got, like, he was like, now I'm Luke Skywalker. Now I'm Indiana Jones. Now I'm Boba Fett. Now I'm Spider-Man. Now I'm Batman. You know, it's just like, <laughs> John yeah. it, it, it's Ready yeah, Player Chief. One, right? We yes. talked about it. It's got all the different IPs. Yes. You go around, they've got Dragon Ball in the game right now. You can Kamehameha people, like this really powerful uh, thing you can pick up. Right. Blast people. Pick up lightsabers. Pick up the yeah. uh, Boku no Hero Academia stuff. Like, That's Heather right. Ann Campbell stuff. Yep. is always saying, like, exactly what you said, Jacob. It, it's turning into Ready Player One, dude found a way to insert so many let alone game modes but just games pop culture everything else into this yeah. game mm-hmm. that it does make it super appealing to outsiders i think it's a lot of fun it's very silly it doesn't take itself too seriously you're just running around with guns shooting you'll shoot a guy in a banana suit then you'll shoot spider-man then you'll shoot an anime <laughs> character uh you're blasting right. people you're picking up different things there's a lot to do you can talk to npcs yeah. in the world and like do different quests that give you xp and then you get more stuff i have bought a skin now my first skin that i bought because it was in the they kind of change they rotate the store like every 24 hours for different skins from the past that you have the chance to buy i got i when i saw this in the store i was like i need to buy this the lebron james space oh, jam God. skin so i've got what lebron in his space huh? jam uh, Toon Squad jersey running around. With a gun? With oh a my gun. god. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, Geralt, <laughs> the Witcher, I've got him now. Yes. So, cool. yeah, I'm rocking. Yeah, it's, you know what? I was skeptical for a long time and I was like, man, I want my, I want my Halo. Halo's got the best gameplay when it comes to shooting. I still think that. But, and, you know, Battle Royales, whatever you think about them, they're, they're good to kind of casually jump on, play a game or two, do whatever you want. And, uh, that's why I think it's lasted so long, why it's endured and it's still so popular because it's just fun to play. It's fun to play with friends, you know? And the fact that they had a family discord to play Fortnite, like it's, it's something very wholesome about that vibe. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to like, when we were playing, we were playing Halo the other night, uh, Mike and I with 
with our friends and mm-hmm. we were playing super sweaty ranked matches, you know, where you're just like intensely focusing the entire time. Yeah. With, with a battle royale, you can kind of, you're just kind of vibing, you're hanging out, you're traveling around, picking stuff up. Sometimes you'll get into gunfights, driving around sure. on motorcycles and stuff and cars and like, you just do so much in the game that there's not just shooting and like super sweaty yeah, you know, I don't Call have a, of Duty type stuff. Yeah, I don't have to um, order my heart stuff. attack medicine if I'm playing Fortnite. You know, I can just play yeah. it and have fun. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what? It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing that casual gaming. So I definitely, I'm a Fortnite convert now. I would say. I can't nice. believe it. Well, how about yeah. you, Colin? You know, what have you been playing now? <clears throat> well, I love hearing what you guys are up to. I wish I had one of these cool multiplayer. I'm going to spend my little chunk here just talking about a system to say, oh. like, this is how I do most of my gaming. You guys know. I'm a mm-hmm. Switch boy. I'm yep. a little Nintendo kid. I'm a Nintendo dog. Woof, woof. Don't dump him. Um, don't dump. Hey, oh, hey him. watch out. Watch Please it. do not <laughs> dump me. I dog, I dump. Dump me like a dog. <laughs> not on Valentine's Day. Don't dump that dog. Please don't dump this dog. <laughs> okay. Switch so, boy. I finally finished Pokemon and that I got the decks done, quote unquote. Hey, it took me forever. Thank you. Shout yeah, out to our buddy X who traded me a ton of stuff. And then I asked him if he had his legendary still. He didn't. He traded it to our friend Adam. Shout out. Uh, instead, I had to wait for my brother to kind of get his done, get me his, and then we kind of finished his too. Cleared it out. All to say a long process. Now I'm like, it gets you the shiny badge or whatever so you can shiny hunt easier. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't know how much longer it's going to keep me because it's still glitching. It's still buggy. I have Fire Emblem Engage, the new big game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I love a tactics game. Yeah. Um, my big complaint, Mike, the older that we're getting, is that like I don't want to spend 30 minutes doing one mission. I lose, and then I have to restart it because it's like, I got to go to bed soon. I'm a fucking adult. <laughs> like, I yeah. can't, it's just I can't like, waste my time doing that. Right? Time is valuable. Yeah. And my other big one is another recommendation from Get Played is that I finally picked up Persona 5 Royale for the Switch. And I'm like, Mike, I just, I keep all three of those cartridges, (laughs) Pokemon, Fire Emblem, and Persona in my little travel bag. And I go like, these are the ones I'm going to stay focused on. I haven't really had to like multi-game like this in a while. But a JRPG... Yeah. Again, at this age, another big time commitment. So I've literally not inserted it yet because I want to be like, I want the two hours to sit down to get immersed so that I know that I'm going to want to keep doing it. You know? Yes. Yes. That opening session is critical for any RPG, especially Persona and get you used to the world and the systems. You know, you want to be able yes. to do that. I mean, it's, it's a long one. I think I hadn't beaten five yet. But I'm at like 180 oh, wow. hours and I'm still oh. not done. <laughs> so, <laughs> buckle up. I heard it's a big game. I can't I, imagine. Royale is yeah. even bigger than the version that I have. I have the oh. original. But no, that's... I do like the... Uh, sorry. No, no. The idea of uh, Persona where you're... It's sort of a school thing and you have a certain period of time every day where you can do things. And so, you can't get everything done every day. You kind of have to pick and choose what you're focusing on relationships or, or dungeon crawling or whatever. Do you hang out with uh, your friends? Do you do yeah, your homework? I like that do school you, yeah. simulator uh, vibe of it all for sure. Yeah. So do I, again, it can feel very out of body to play a game like that in the limited free time you have as an adult, which is my big right. worry. 
Yeah. But all that to say, like, all three of those games that I just said are huge games mm-hmm. that are going to have minor performance issues on the Switch. And we just had a huge Nintendo Direct, which is what they call their little video feeds of drip drop information. Here's this, here's that. And guys, we are close on the next Breath of the Wild, the big game for the Switch. Yeah. That's right. The I Switch just want to say to you guys, like, don't you think we should be moving on by this point? Don't we? Don't you think we should have some more power, some higher frames per second, some some 4K? Some am I am I trapped in an abusive relationship? Is what I want to ask you guys. That's right not now. what uh, Nintendo's all about. Nintendo, know? yeah, it depends. They do abuse by uh, not putting anything on the eShop and making you buy <laughs> games six times for every console. But Mike, the Metroid remake that is blowing up game rankings yeah, now. Where I'm like you. It looks amazing. They are making you pay sixty dollars again. Please continue. That's their favorite thing. I but think, uh, yeah, no, I think Nintendo Switch in a world where now the Steam Deck is such a thing, right? And it's yeah. like well, now you have competitors with this handheld thing, and they're getting higher right. frames. So what do you do? You know, yeah. Technical limitations of the Switch are like it keeps yeah, costs down. Definitely though. more noticeable with the with the Steam Deck. Pokemon was broken, right. Jacob. It was broken. Yeah. That's maybe on the dev side too. Yes. <laughs> but. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder, I know they, they made a bigger screen and there's an OLED switch and stuff, but I don't think they ramped up the hardware at all. And they what do they not. switch to? Yeah. I don't know what the roadmap is for their next console offering, you know, because they live in if, that weird if, world. Oh, sorry. I was just, Japan is, mobile gaming is a different culture there because you're riding trains and stuff. So they're occupying this space where like in the West, it's like, yeah, I can take it with me, but like. Most people are playing at home or sitting in bed, like, you know, but the idea of a yeah. portable console, like, that's very much in the forefront of Nintendo's mind. So, do they make it more powerful? They still need to occupy that at home and on the go space, you know. Um, I just don't know what their next evolution is for it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, given their past branding, it will be called the new Nintendo Switch. And people will be like, that is confusing. They're like, no, it's a different product. <laughs> With um, and you need to think about, you know, obviously the Wii was a really uh, well-selling console. And mm-hmm. they had the Wii U, which was a huge failure. But it was sort of the beginnings of what they wanted to do with the Switch. Yeah. But it was a halfway It's sort of a t- halfway between a Wii and a Switch. But it, for some reason, didn't sell at all it was a huge bomb and And then the switch came out it was another huge hit and they Mm -hmm. got stuck in the ds the 3ds the 2ds the new nintendo 3ds world those were all four different consoles dude yeah 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 that was a wild wild. era but i think they're trying to merge the two ideas with the switch like people still have their ds's and stuff but i think it's a switch world now yeah, and, and that's it, kind of we the, should just say it has just sold more units than the PS2. The PS2 wow. was sold as a DVD player. People bought it for hardware reasons as well. That is an sure. impressive feat by Nintendo. Well, the, yeah, I mean, I never thought it'd be dethroned. A selling point of the Switch is that it's a console. It's also a Game Boy. You know, it's kind of either one. It's whatever you want it to be. The flexibility of it uh, mm-hmm. makes it easier for people who don't. They don't want to spend hundreds, like six hundred dollars on a PS5 when you can get a Switch for like two or three hundred dollars. How, how much is a Steam Deck? Because like I am a handheld too. guy. That's like yeah. a five hundred dollar thing. Okay. Yeah, interesting. 
But is I that mean, something you can just get? Is that at a, at a point of availability, Jacob? I don't think I believe so. so. Yeah, I mean, it might oh, okay. take like a month or something to ship to you, but you can purchase it and then wait for it to be shipped. Okay. Uh, and I know uh, people that have that and, and enjoy it a lot because you can play so many different PC games on it that you wouldn't think would run well, but do. And like you said, technically, it kind of blows the switch out of the water. Uh, it's yeah. 529 for 256 yeah. gigabytes. So it's, it's a higher seven, price 650 point. for more storage. The storage is what... Yeah. Entry yeah. level 400. But um, you're you paying $250 for a fucking you know, multicolored piece of plastic from Nintendo that you can't hook up to your TV. That's just right. the Game Boy. For, but isn't that uh, what the, the Nintendo fanboys like is having all the weird proprietary <laughs> hardware and stuff that Nintendo I, has? I like the games. I I want to play Prime, Metroid mm-hmm. Prime. I want to play a new Zelda. I love the Fire Emblem series. I love Pokemon. But yeah. I am stuck in this world where I know that they could be made better. Yeah. yeah. There's something with there. They want to keep the cost of the unit down so they can charge you the third time for Super Mario Brothers 3. That's Man, how they make their my- hay. <laughs> God damn you, stop. I'm sorry. It's I'm sorry. Very I'm sick. And now they just announced we've got through the online play, quote unquote, you can do Jacob for the version we have, Game Boy games. I believe for the version Cole has, he pays for the expansion pack, Game Boy Advanced games. Yeah. That's appealing to me in that you're, like again, like Mike saying, making me pay for stuff that I could have played on an emulator. Or you or might already own it. Because I owned it. Yes. Because I Yeah. Oh. yeah so, let's say there's free emulators that you can get well if you own if you own the game yeah like that's the thing you could put emulators on a steam deck i'm sure and if you own the games it's totally legal it's your backup archive copy of a game you own so if you have a library of those it's easier to emulate them than get them on nintendo's eShop, which is insane it's insane to me that they don't just put them every single game that's ever been released on nintendo put it up there what what is wrong with you putting like 10 games at a time Anyway, I, and I guarantee I could download Pokemon on the Steam Deck. Let me just say this real quick. Right. Tax returns just came out and I just got a Steam Deck's worth of a tax return. So in the future <laughs> okay. on this podcast, you might start hearing me talk about the Steam Deck. You there guys might have just convinced me. So. Well, from a Pokedex to a Steam Deck, you know. <laughs> um, That's my gaming world. I'm trapped, guys. I don't know what to do. Breath of the Wild is going to be great. I mean, it, there's advantages to that. You can still play Dark Souls it's anywhere you go. It's going to be what it was last time, which was one one of my best gaming experiences ever. I loved it, but it needs to change, Mike. It needs to grow. Yeah. They're slow to embrace change, unfortunately. I'm cheering for you, though. Yeah. Um, well, to wrap up sort of my gaming corner, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a little ADD, so I have like five or six games in rotation that I kind of <laughs> play on a rotational mm-hmm. basis. But while I'm playing these casual games, Fortnite and Rocket League and Halo... Uh, I like to sometimes play single-player games, and uh, generally what I do is I'll wait for a big Steam sale, like their holiday sale, and then I have a wish list with like over 100 games on it, and then I just nice. look to see what's on sale at a good price and uh, buy some older games. Nice. And one of the games that I bought this holiday season and have been playing a little bit of, Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh. Uh, yeah. Mecha Giraffe. How is that? Mecha Giraffe. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's... it's uh, sort of a it's a post-apocalyptic uh world in which there are giant machine animals walking around and you have to fight them and uh 
yeah, it's it's a standard sort of uh, open world RPG. You know, do stuff, collect stuff on the map. You know, clear bandit camps, do side quests, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story is not amazing. It's it's fine. Um, the graphics look really good, especially for a game that came out a couple years ago. And I know uh, the sequel, Forbidden West. I know the graphics on that are like amazing with mm-hmm. ray tracing and 4K and everything. Uh, I'd like to play that, but I don't have a PS5, so I have to kind of wait until there's PC version, which I don't think exists yet. Right. Uh, but we'll get to that soon because I do like this game. I like the mechanics of it. The actual hunting of the uh, the machines is a lot of fun. You have different weapons at your disposal, and uh, you know they have different weaknesses. Like some are weak to fire, weak to shock, or or ice, right. or whatever. Uh, some good stealth elements, right? Kind of into the hunting. Yeah, you can do stealth. You can kind of come at it different ways. It's kind of what I would think that Monster Hunter is like. Having never played Monster sure. Hunter, it's probably like a very less uh, a less detailed version of Monster Hunter. Uh, where you're just hunting these giant robot monsters, and uh, it's yeah, that's probably the best part of the game. Like I said, the story is nothing special. I mean, it's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, it's a good game. Yeah, the enemy design and kind of the the combat mechanics are enough to like kind of keep you hooked. You're saying kind of the yeah. way. And there's yeah. sort of a mystery of like, where why are these machines here? What, what's going on? That kind of becomes clear over the story, and it's nothing too mind-blowing or anything but it's, a, it's an enjoyable kind of sci-fi story it's got to be better than uh, after earth you know that's right yeah <laughs> um so i've been playing that i've been playing some other games like another game called Greedfall, which i just started playing which is another sort of open world rpg oh. uh that was like a double a release it's kind of uh sort of skyrim meets dragon age type of gameplay but it's sort of set in this like pirate world where there's like ships what? and stuff yeah, yeah. Sounds awesome. It's okay. Hmm. I, like I said, it's 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 almost like a Bioware, like a Mass Effect or a, a Dragon Age, like I said, type game where you have companions and you do different quests and you go around the world. It's somewhat hmm. limited in some ways because it is a double A rather than a triple A game. And you can right. tell like there's definitely didn't have the budget of a triple A game, but it's been enjoyable so far. So I've been playing nice. those games, having a lot of fun. Been playing Fortnite and uh, looking forward to playing again with... with uh, with the Astas and shout out oh, to, yeah. uh, you know, Joe and Cassie and Matt and Manette. Uh, Manette was also playing too. I want to, wanted to mention that. And uh, I think they had a friend on their line too. I didn't catch her name, but shout out to all you guys. And, uh, damn, the play Fortnite crew. Yeah. Fortnite again. Squad. We're going to get Adam in there next time. We'll have a four squad and it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to have to put you the Fortnite song on, on this break between the final thoughts. Oh, hell section. yeah, dude. Yeah. Chug Chug with you. Uh, yeah, that's what's going to happen. We're going to Chug Chug with you once we get out of here. Um, I Anyways, guess that's it. Yeah. That that's what I've been playing. That's what I've been playing. Of course, Halo still. We'll still dabble in that a little right, bit. Right. You, you've been saying it's a dying game, and I know it's a dying game, and I feel, you know, that I just want to give it one more good day. You know. I still love the yeah. core gameplay loop of it all. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it, like, you know, that four-on-four competitive, it does hit right where you're just having good teamwork. Mike's making the call-outs. He's kind of our team communicator. I'm and Donatello, uh, you know. Amazing. Yeah. Nerd. And it's, it's a lot of fun sometimes. But sometimes it can also be very, very frustrating and makes me very angry. And then I rage, you know. And then we go dump dogs. You feel That's that. Right. <laughs> Then we dump dogs. Um, (laughs) I guess probably the big video game release right now, not to uh, Mm -hmm. 
keep this episode non-evergreen, but is that Harry Potter game. Uh, listeners, we're not necessarily morally grandstanding against it as much as none of us are just interested in the price that much, but I, right. I've been watching some videos on it. Potentially, we'll talk about that at some point. Again, no, no big promises here. Yeah, yeah. I've been watching some, you know, views from all sides, some trans creators yeah. on YouTube kind of discussing it, this and that. One thing they suggested is maybe uh, while you're deciding whatever – just support some games that are made by trans creators. And one that they suggested was the Bloodborne D-Make, the PS1 Bloodborne D-Make. Like, it's free. Um, and just check out the Bloodborne uh, PS PlayStation D-Make. What can you play that on? Yes. Computer. It's on PC, but it has graphics like a PS1. Oh, on Steam. That's so, cool, uh, yeah. Yeah, go uh, go look that up. I'll put a and link. Yeah, in the listen to uh, listen to our old Harry Potter episodes where we shouted out a lot of uh, trans charities and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, support some of those as well if you're looking for something good to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe My later on that game. Uh... Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying. You know, I. It's a big conversation. It's an ongoing conversation. And yeah, you yes. know, I was just gonna say it all weed, sucks. Yeah. yeah. My opinion on the game outside of the you know, discourse surrounding it just as a game, it looks mildly interesting to me, but it's, it's again, like horizon zero dawn. It's the game. I'll wait to be on a steam sale in, in nine months and I'll get it for $40 instead of $70. And, or something. and much like cyberpunk, you'll tell Mike and I about it and we'll play it a month after you and get yeah. very into it. Yeah. Um, it looks Maybe okay. a year it looks later. Like a, yeah, you know, a your typical later. open world RPG. The combat looks kind of, not that great to me compared to like something like Elden Ring where you have way more custom ability, but like, I, I'll give it a try. Sure. I watched a girl fight a boss on Twitch and it was pretty Dark Soulsy, dude. I, mm. I got to say, I was pretty into it. Kind of oh, I know. There. There's yeah, like a lot of dodge roll. <laughs> there's like 60 something spells in this one. And then Elden Ring oh, has shit. like, but Elden Ring has over like 200 some odds. So I think the Raya yeah. Lucaria, yeah. you know, Academy of Magic is better <laughs> than Hogwarts. So I I've might seen, just not play it at all. <laughs> yeah, I've seen some gameplay of it. It's kind of your, it's your, the lesser you have your basic attack where you shoot of this basic spell, and then you have your stronger spells that are kind of have like a cooldown. So it's kind yeah. of about managing your cooldowns, and uh, it looks a lot like the Arkham combat where you're like hit, hit, yes. parry, hit, hit, parry kind of thing. And Jacob, I'll even say into walking into little places where the exits and entrances seal and a bad guy jumps out and goes, Oi, what are you doing here? And a brawl starts, which sure. was every Batman sequence. So, sure. Yeah, total, right? I think the big selling point of the game is just the detailed Hogwarts so you can walk around. And dressing up and getting Mike said there's side quests based on which fucking house you're in. Like, Houses that gets me going quests. great. Like, that makes me fucking hard. Dog. Yeah, what are the yeah, other things do? Like, that just gets me there. Yeah. Go bully and one Hufflepuff. It's the first Slytherin quest, you know. Just go bully somebody. I know somebody. it's apparently a, a huge game that has hundreds of hours of sort of it. side quests and stuff. One thing you can't do in the game is play Quidditch, which is kind of surprising that they're just like... No oh. Quidditch, but you can fly around on a broom. Some, I saw some good broom flying footage that look good. That shocks me that you can't play. I wonder if that'll be the first DLC you would have to assume would be Quidditch. Yeah, but yeah. thinking back, you know, Harry Potter video games, I think we talked about it before. I had that Chamber of Secrets game on GameCube. I had every single one of them. They're all good. Jacob had the, the Quidditch, had the Quidditch game on yeah. GameCube. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. It's very strange. to me. Yeah. The Harry Potter equivalent of pod racing. <laughs> game on yes. episode one racer right? yeah absolutely, <laughs> Sport, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah uh, um 
we'll see what it is. You know, um, again, big, big questions with whatever. Everyone has to make their own moral yeah. decision. I'm not going to – right now, I'm not getting it personally, but I, everybody live your life. Um, and if fuck I you, can't JK. support this one, fuck J.K. Rowling. If I can't support this one, maybe I can at least play Fortnite when they give me a Harry Potter wizard in that. Hell yeah. She will not <laughs> benefit yeah, from it. Running around with a rocket launcher. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting the Ezra Skywalker. Miller skin. Yeah, I want to be – um, <laughs> I want to be Neville Longbottom with a gun. Then I'll play Fortnite, okay? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, let's chug jog on out of here, guys. I think this has been a good old whatcha. We'll catch you Just on the other side. touchdown in Tomato Town. There we go. We got a number one victory royale. Yeah, Fortnite, we about to get down. Get down. Ten kills on the board right now. Just wiped out Tomato Town. My friend has gone down. I revived him. Now we're heading southbound. Now we're in the Pleasant Park streets. Look at the map. Go to the mark sheet. Take me to your Xbox to play Fortnite today. You can check me Lucy Meyer, but Mount Loot Lake. What's your name? Your favorite Fortnite location? <laughs> Dusty Divot. Dusty Divot. Well, the new map, you know, they—it's a totally different map now, so they have different names. Uh, the structure, which is the rock, blew up the island, and then Brie Larson had to reform it by recapturing the soul of the pinata or something like that. Yes, obviously, I'm caught up on the lore of yeah, Fortnite. That makes obviously. sense. Well, also, the Thor of Fortnite, they have to keep that one area that was in Avengers until like 2025 because that's when the movie was set or whatever. So there's yes. one zone that has to always be in Fortnite until that point. That's the worst. Like legally. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're here. We're back. We're wrapping it up on the uh, Watcha. Fortnite. Yeah, yeah, still talking Fortnite. Welcome to talking Fortnite. <laughs> it's very Fortnite. excited to see what skins Jacob's running around in. If he's going to do a little dance or whatever. What? Uh, what's your melee weapon, right? Just the pickaxe. Oh, you just have so many. Um, I got I got the Doom Slayer. Like Doom Slayer from Doom is in the battle pass, so I have the Doom Slayer Wild. skin and have his like. Chainsaw sword. It's like a oh, red, God. like the red, red sword, sword. The crucible. Oh, from the yeah, new one, the crucible. Of yeah. yeah. God damn, that's so fucking cool. <laughs> and it's Jesus not children's Christ. game, right? He's <laughs> doing the different yes. dances. You stand around in the pregame lobby, and everyone shows off their dance moves and stuff. Yeah, you know, it's just a good, incredible, time. incredibly wholesome. It is Ready Player One. Yeah, it wow. really is. Well, maybe I'll give it a try. It is free, you know. It's well, free. Yeah, you don't that's... have to spend a single dollar on it if you don't want to. And you'll get probably more free stuff than Halo. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have to get on. you got to dump some dogs with us sometime. Maybe, maybe. Right now, i got to drive a, my soccer car. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the watches, you know, we, we covered a lot of stuff. I mean, that's what we watching. We did the top 10 at the beginning of the year, too, which kind of served as like a little recap of other things. And um, mm. yeah, a lot of stuff uh, coming up in the future, though. We're getting Ant-Man soon. We're getting, you know, a lot of big right. releases that we're going to be covering. So yeah, stay tuned, everybody. We'll yeah, I didn't have too DC many uh, new movies or, or I had, you know, two shows, but so uh, much of what I've been watching recently is stuff that we've covered in past weeks, like Wakanda Forever and that kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, top 10 mm-hmm. movies, so I saw a bunch of movies for that, but uh, lately I haven't seen any new releases, so. No, yeah, Mario's I'm, I'm coming. Kinda, yes, Mario. I am trying to stave off some sort of depression that's coming on where literally I'll have a Marvel movie in my queue that I can watch. I will, like, put it off and then hate it like we did with Wakanda. And, yeah. Mike, I am praying to Italian plumbers 
named the Super Mario Brothers mm-hmm. pull me out of that depression because every time I told you guys I've cried twice watching that first trailer I don't know why something's broken <laughs> yeah. in me it makes me I, so happy I mean I love I the 90s I'll, cartoon intro that they you know put the music out to yeah, yeah that's great I think a lot of people are gonna have are gonna have that reaction to this movie and I didn't ex- kind of expect it but uh no. You know, I'm pretty pretty psyched. Yeah. Why from did the they minions. have to take the throne from Sonic? Why did they have to take his throne? <laughs> Sorry, Sonic. They're coming for it. I, they best Sonic's not miss. Fine. We talk about him too much on this podcast. <laughs> He's doing okay. Well, you know, no we played uh, Sonic Frontiers, right? We yes, about the that. weird open world game where he teams up with Aloy, I believe, from uh, Horizon. So <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. That's wild. It seems uh, like it, though. Yeah, I'm really, I mean, I'm excited for John Wick 4. I didn't mention I watched the John Wick trilogy mm. uh, on uh, Paramount Plus. Oh, I, I think. think Joe just did two. All my yeah. friends are watching John Wick again. Should Getting I re-watch ready for all John the John Wick, Wick movies? <laughs> yeah, I think they're coming out in March. So. Okay. Yep. Excited to talk about some of the big releases Scream this year. Scream 6 comes out in March. Yeah, um, yeah. We've obviously okay, done a Scream episode. We adore those Wednesday. Shout mm-hmm. out. That's right. Yeah. There's going to be some good stuff in there. There's always Star Trek. And shout out to everybody who listened to our Generations episode. That episode actually did uh, really well. So, hey, fellow Trekkies, nice. thanks for that. Now, yeah. why would that have been? It's, what's wrong with all of It's you? just a great conversation of Shatter <laughs> and Picard. Gal fans out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you know we'll be talking another one soon enough. Sorry. All right. February yeah. is a short month. Uh, get ready. First contact. May you live long and prosper. Yeah. That's right. We're going to make the Borg here so soon. You heard about the bog? This is the last anecdote. It's the (laughs) Zoomers make a bog. You know what a bog is? Like a parties. It's called a blackout gallon. And it's just a bunch of weird liquor and Powerade poured into a gallon jug. Oh, we used to call that riot punch. (laughs) Blackout gallon. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The bog standard. Anyway. Classic. (laughs) Don't drink those. Okay, listeners. Be careful. Drink responsibly. Drink responsibly, always. Uh, but listen to this and binge it and share with as many people as you can every episode of Always yeah. Like Us. We That's really right. appreciate Hell it. Yeah. Yeah. Listen responsibly. Like uh, so. Mike said at the top of the episode, let us know what you're watching, what you're playing, what you're listening to, reading. Mike, shout out the book you wanted to shout out. Real quick. Oh, yeah. I just finished Count Zero and I'm halfway through Mona Lisa Overdrive. They're the okay. other two books in the... <laughs> Neuromancer okay. trilogy. Cyberpunk. We are worried. We are worried. It's Mona fine. Overdrive's a great title. <laughs> yes. It's the next That's Mad true. Max. Anyway, yeah. What were we talking about recently about body horror and stuff? Avatar, maybe? Infinity where Pool. I was thinking about Cyberpunk. Maybe. Maybe Infinity Pool. Infinity Pool. I don't know. Me neither. Brandon Cronenberg. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> movies. I, I hate movies right now. Oh, I love Megagoth. Wait, you're right. I'm back. Alexander Skarsgård. <laughs> yeah, okay, oh no. you guys are right. And I believe he gets jacked off in that movie. All right, oh. we'll leave you on that one. Um, <laughs> reach out, like Mike said, hit us up at under, at normies underscore like underscore us on all social media and watch those YouTube videos as well. But of course, like we said, wreck stuff. Let us know mm-hmm. whatever you're doing, but also whatever you want us to talk about on future episodes. We'll do that too. Yep. That's right. If you want another Fortnite episode, you got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spot up, baby. The you return of Joe. That's how we'll get him back. So. That's right. right. Oh. Until then. We have to save him from the structure. <laughs> he's, he's, he's at the center of the Fortnite Earth. Bust him out of that island, Jacob. But uh, we have been your hosts. This is Colin. This is Mike. And this is Jacob. Wow. Wow. Thanks, Normies. Bye. Thanks, Normies. Bye.
My name is Gandalf the Grey, and I'm imploring you to leave a like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Don't keep it secret. Don't keep it safe. Don't take me as a conjurer of cheap tricks, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Normies Like Us. Fly, you fools!